0: guys if you can see it right up here that is an actual oil lamp and it's lit that's an actual flame in there uh i love oil lamps i gotta say i don't know why i always have since i was a little kid i love oil lamps so i've been collecting them just good ones like not not crappy ones this one's pretty good um I like the lampshade that's on it, and so uh, I decided to throw that up in the set this morning. And it actually generates a little bit of heat down here in the basement, so that's really nice as well. But uh, we have these; they actually they're working lamps. I have lamp oil for them, uh, and we we are just prepared if the if the electricity ever goes out. We have kind of redundancy. Uh, we have quite a few. Uh, oil lamps. We have flashlights, obviously. We also have a uh, wood fireplace. Now, wood fireplaces are not great for generating heat in your home, but they'll work. Okay. They'll do a good enough job when you're in a pinch. And so we have that as well for heat. And so we're just, we just create these redundancies, but I don't know why I really mentioned that. I just really wanted people to see that oil lamp up there. So if you're watching on YouTube or not YouTube, but rumble, um, if you're, if you're searching for this podcast on YouTube, all of the mowing content, the, 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 the regular lawn care business talk stuff that is all on YouTube, but the spiritual faith stuff, that is all on Rumble. And you can only find it on Rumble and on this podcast. You can also find us at Mowing in the Light podcast. That is for those of you who could care less about lawn care, but you really want, you really do care about getting into God's Word. And so That mowing in the light podcast is only the faith Friday episodes, so you can go there and binge those if you want to. Uh, Otherwise, just stick right here at the mowing in the dark podcast. Um, The reason I do these faith Fridays is because I think it's so important. You know, on my on my uh, podcast little uh, thumbnail picture or whatever you want to call it, whatever they call it, the cover or whatever, I have business faith, and freedom. And with business, with owning your own business, you get a little bit of freedom. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have a lot more freedom. And so those two together, combined with family, I I didn't have really a, a lot of room to put family in there. I probably should have, but um, those are my big four things, is business, faith, family, and freedom. And so that's that's what I want in my life. That's what I'm striving for. That's why I own my own business. That's why I um, try to generate extra income and things like that. So, it, and that's why I study God's word because business and faith they basically go hand in hand. And so, um, and I I get it. There's a lot of people that don't believe that, and and that's okay. You don't have to believe that. I do, because I've seen. Success and failure in business when I did not have my faith in check, and so you can you can lose that discernment that you have through the Holy Spirit when you're just not in a right relationship with the Lord. And so that's where that's where faith comes into business, and I, I really think that that is a good thing. So this episode is coming out late on Friday, not super late, but it's later in the morning. Normally I get these episodes uploaded and and posted so they come out at four AM on Fridays. And I've just been exhausted. We had a snowstorm come in late Wednesday night. So I didn't start snow plowing snow on Wednesday until 7 PM and then I worked all the way till about two thirty AM. And so when I got home, I crashed and I was just tired. And so Thursday, I didn't get out a podcast. And today I was still kind of dragging. And and Thursday, I should have recorded this one, but I was just, I was dragging my butt and I just was tired. Sorry, guys, I'm all sniffly. I got a nose whistle. And so it is what it is. I'm putting it out anyway, because I I believe that God is using this to get his word into people's ears around the country. And I know this to be a fact because there's, there's analytics that go with my podcast. And, uh, this podcast is reaching places like Indonesia, Russia, um, a lot of different places, Japan, places like that. So, Uh, I am am super excited about what God is doing with this podcast and especially the Faith Friday episodes. So without any further ado, let's play the show sponsor and then we'll jump right into it. As a lawn care provider, do you want to make a year-round income? Are you worried at the end of the lawn care season because you don't know how you're going to make it through the winter? Then you need to check out the 12-month contract from the Mowing in the Dark Podcast. This is the same contract that Aaron uses to grow his lawn care business. This 100% editable 12-month contract template is available for only $5.99. The contract has rock-solid terms and conditions, so you are protected from all kinds of liability in lawn maintenance and snow removal. Get your 12-month contract at MowingInTheDarkPodcast.com today. All right, guys, we are back. So getting into the Faith Friday episode today, we are diving into the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible with you or you're at home listening to this, grab your Bible and let's jump into the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul, the Apostle Paul, and it was written to the the church at Ephesus. And so some people believe, and some scholars believe, that this may have been the first, uh, I I believe it was, they believe this was the first uh, epistle to be written. Um, it was written to Western Asia Minor, now modern-day Turkey. And um, so we're just going to dive into it. That's just a teeny tiny little background that we have here. Um, and chapter one is going to be a little heady for us. And so I just want to warn you about that. It deals with something called predestination. If you don't know what that is, um, I'm going to jump into that a little bit. We're going to dive into that a little bit because I have been personally diving into that. Um, I I like listening to people like John MacArthur, Vodie Bauckham Jr., uh, Paul Washer, and those guys are all Calvinists. And um, I do not go to a Calvinist church. I go to an Anabaptist church, um, which is more, uh, it's not Calvinist, it's Arminian, I guess is what they call it. And we could spend all day on those things, but to me, they don't really matter all that much. And I'm going to tell you why as we get into it. So let's jump into Ephesians 1 and let's go from there. All right. Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, for the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and 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 his incomparably great power for us who believe. and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And that ends Ephesians chapter 1. Man, it is, Paul can get kind of tongue twisty, and he certainly knows how to write a run-on sentence. <laughs> so, let's go back to verse 1 here, okay? Okay. And as we go here, when, once we get to that predestination part, I'm going to look at another translation, and I'm also going to give a little bit of context through my commentary that I have here. All right, so let's go back to verse one. Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God. So he's saying here, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, because Paul never walked with Jesus in the flesh. He he never did. However, when Saul was on the road to Damascus, God came in a bright light, blinded Paul for a time or Saul for a time, and then God came and met with Saul and restored his sight and made him an apostle and and taught him all these things. So Paul is a legitimate apostle of Christ Jesus, all right? And he's, he's making that clear to, to the church at Ephesus. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Great Verse two, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I have Lord Jesus Christ underlined separately because Paul makes an effort to... Identify Christ as Lord, and that is so important. So many people in the church today only view Christ as a Savior. They do not treat Christ as Lord. And so they, they will accept Christ as a savior, as savior. He comes and he saves them from their sin. That's great. Now I'm going to go live how I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not I don't have to be under the law anymore, right? I'm not under that law, so I'm, I'm gonna get saved. That I'm gonna go sleep with my girlfriend, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna party like it's 1995, and I'm gonna drink, and I'm gonna do drugs, and I'm gonna have a great time because I'm saved. No, that Paul is saying no here. Just by saying the Lord Jesus Christ, because in this time. In the time of that these letters were written, Rome was a huge part of society. There was a Roman emperor. He was lord over the land. These people would understand what a lord is. You show reverence to the lord. You show you, you are humble before the lord. You, you come before the lord with respect and honor, no matter if you agree with them or not, you come humbly and you bow before them and you give your life in service to the Lord. All right. And so that is what, that is all encompassing. And what Paul is saying here, just by saying the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not just savior, he's Lord. And you need to treat him as Lord. All right. He's not a genie in a lamp that you rub and ask for three wishes and then you ask for unlimited wishes. And it's not, that's not how it works, guys. Jesus Christ is not a genie. He's Lord. And that comes with a whole new, that's a whole new way to look at Jesus Christ. Than what we learn in modern church times today. So that is what Paul is saying here. He's emphasizing that several times throughout this first chapter in Ephesians. Let's keep going. Verse three Praise be to God and to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is again. So praise be to God the Father. He's the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have every spiritual blessing through Christ Jesus. God God the Father has blessed us with that. Verse 4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, In love, verse 5, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. All right, we're going to stop there. It's not the end of the sentence because Paul likes to write run-on sentences. But let's go back to the beginning of verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So before what he's saying here is god chose us now what i believe paul is saying here is that he chose israel before the foundation of the world that's what i believe he's saying here i could be completely wrong on this this the, these passages have been debated for centuries okay so i mean i, I can certainly be wrong i am not a bible scholar I I did not go to Bible school. I just love the word of God. This is the disclaimer for this episode that I forgot to do at the beginning. Uh, But um, this has been debated for years, centuries. So I am not the only person to maybe get this wrong or to have it right. Maybe nobody has it right. We don't really know. We're doing our best in our human flesh to understand it. All right? So for verse four again, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So he chose us before, before the foundation of the world to be saved, to be redeemed. Okay. Um, That's what this is saying here. And I believe he is talking about Israel, the Israelite people. That's what I believe so far. I'm continuing to study this, but so far, that's what I believe, okay? And we're going to go on and see other things here. Verse 5, he predestined us. What does predestination mean? Well, it means that you were chosen before. Chosen before. So you're predestined, or Israel was predestined, okay? He predestined us. To be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. All right. Now, the reason I believe he's talking to Israel is because Paul is a Jew and he's from Rome. And, and so Paul knows the scripture. He he knew the Old Testament law backwards and forwards. He was a Pharisee. He knows. Okay? And he says, us. He says, us. So I believe he's talking to Israel, okay, to the Jews, all right? He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It's God's pleasure to do it, all right? It's his will to do it. God can do and pleasure what he wants, right? He can do whatever he wants. He's God, all right? Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, his grace has, has saved us, all right, uh, which he has freely given, in the, given us in the one he loves, all right? That's Jesus Christ. He's freely given grace through the one he loves. Verse 7, in him we have a redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So again, he's talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ through Jesus' blood. We have the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Now, could he be talking to everyone? Yes, he could. He could be talking to everyone here. Or he could be talking to the Jews because they would understand the blood sacrifices. They would understand that blood had to be shed for forgiveness of sins. And so he could certainly be writing to everyone, but I think he's writing to the Jews here because again, he said us, he said us, given, given us the adoption. All right. Uh, Forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. Verse eight, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So it was God's wisdom with all wisdom, I mean if you look back you see the the progression the all the prophets were talking about Jesus coming they it was just amazing how many prophecies Jesus fulfilled he fulfilled all of them by by coming so that's something that Paul is getting at here uh, it took a lot of wisdom to go from Adam and Eve all the way to Jesus Christ and And to have Jesus Christ fulfill every single one of those prophecies. Uh, Let's see. Verse 9. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Okay, so he made known the mystery of of his will according to his good pleasure. So he made it known to us. How did he make it known? Well, let's see. Which he purposed in Christ. So... He made it known, but it doesn't. He, Paul doesn't say how he made it known. Uh, personally, I think it's just through Jesus Christ. He made it known through the Holy Spirit is probably what Paul is getting at here. Um, verse nine again, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Verse ten to be put into effect. When the times will have reached their fulfillment, so when the times have reached their fulfillment, when it was, when we got to the place where, you know, it's time for Christ to come. This this is the time that Christ is to come, uh, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So all things that means you and I, that means Gentiles, that means Jews, that means everything under one head which is Jesus Christ. Verse 11. In him we were also we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Again there's that predestined word, all right? In him we were also chosen. Now this is where I think he's switching. He switches and he's now talking to the Gentiles. Why do I think that? Well, in the NIV, it says, in him, we were also chosen. So if he says us, he predestined us to be adopted as sons. Well, Paul would be an us as a Jew. Okay. Speaking to Jews, us. All right. And then in him, we were also, we were also, okay chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works all works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So now he's I think he switches and is now talking to Gentiles because the church's church at Ephesus would have had a lot of Gentiles in it as well and maybe a few Jews. And he's saying in him we were also having been predestined according to his plan, the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Okay. Verse 12, in order that we, who were the first, who were the first, let's see, to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Okay. So let's think about this rationally here. Who are the first to hope in Jesus Christ? Well, it wasn't the Jews. It wasn't the Jews. It was the Gentiles. They understood that God came and died and gave grace. That was very hard for the Jews to understand because they were looking for a political savior. All right. And so if we think about this logically through this time, he would have Paul would have been saying that the Jews were chosen from the foundation of the world. And now he says, in him we were also, we were also chosen. So, who is he talking to here? Because he already said, us, we, he predestined us from the foundation of the world. And now he says in verse 11, in him we also, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That's why I think he switches and is now talking to the Gentiles. But let me throw a little wrench in here, okay? So that's the NIV. I'm going to read out of the ESV here, just verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of God, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay, do you see the difference there? In him we have obtained an inheritance. Okay, that's what the ESV, the English Standard Version says. It's a word-for-word translation. The NIV is a thought-for-thought translation. So the NIV is typically not as accurate as something like the English Standard Version. Okay, so I've been going back and forth with this now because is he really talking to separate people, Jews and then Gentiles? Because the ESV makes it sound like he's not, he's talking to everyone, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he just repeats himself if that's the case, right? And, and why would why would the NIV say in him we also were? Okay, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So let me read the ESV again, just to to clear it up. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. All right, so in him, uh, where is it again? In him, we have obtained an inheritance. All right but the NIV says in him we were also chosen so it it's it's chosen and then in the ESV it says we have inherited so it makes it confusing and that's why there's so much debate about predestination are we predestined? Did God choose us before the foundation of the world? Is there certain people that God didn't choose? What It brings up so many questions in our mind. And so it's super difficult for us to understand. And so I want to read something from my commentary, the Believer's Bible Commentary. And I know this is, again, this is a little heady. Um, it takes some thinking here, and it's a little slow and arduous to search through this but I want to make sure that we kind of clear it up a little bit. And so, here's what they say. Let me see if I can find a good starting point here. Um let's see. Let me I guess we'll just read the whole thing here. It's pretty long, but it's very good, okay? So this is from William McDonald in the Believers Bible Commentary on Divine Election. All right. The doctrine of election raises serious problems in the human mind as we must consider more fully what the Bible does and does not teach on the subject. First, it teaches that God does choose men to salvation. It addresses believers as those who are elect according to the foreknowledge of God. It teaches that people can know whether they are elect by their response to the gospel. Those who hear and believe it are elect. On the other hand, the Bible never teaches that God chooses men to be lost. The fact that he chooses some to be saved does not imply that he arbitrarily condemns all the rest. He never condemns men who deserve to be saved. There are none. Right? What they're saying here is there's no one that deserves to be saved. All right? But he does save some who ought to be condemned. When Paul describes the elect, he speaks of them as vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. But when he, but when he turns to the lost, he simply says vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. God prepares vessels of mercy to glory, but He does not prepare men for destruction. They do this for themselves by their own unbelief. The doctrine of election lets God be God. He is sovereign; that is, He can do all He can do as He pleases, although He never pleases to any to do anything unjust. If left alone, all men would be lost. Does God have the right to show mercy to some? But there is another side to the story. The same Bible that teaches sovereign election also teaches human responsibility. No one can use the doctrine of election as an excuse for not being saved. God makes a bona fide offer of salvation to all people everywhere. Anyone can be saved by repenting by repenting in his, of his sins and believing on, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, if a person is lost, it is because he chooses to be lost, not because God desires it. The fact is that the same Bible teaches election and free salvation to all who will receive it. Both doctrines are found in, the, in, in a single verse. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. The first half, and that's John six thirty-seven. All right, the first half of the verse speaks of God's sovereign choice. The last half extends the offer of mercy to all. This poses a difficulty for the human mind. How can God choose some and yet offer salvation freely to all men? Frankly, this is a mystery, but the mystery is on our side, not God's. The best policy for us is to believe both doctrines because the Bible teaches both. The truth is not found somewhere between election and man's free will, but in both extremes. All right, so that's the commentary in the believer's Bible commentary on Ephesians. And I tend to agree with that. It makes sense to me. And so, because it is very confusing, and this is where we can go deep in the Bible. And so, some people may not like this. Others may really love it. And we have to struggle with the Word of God sometimes. It's not always black and white. We have to struggle with it. We have to wrestle with it. We have to discern what is being said. And, and that's what I love about the Bible, is that we have the opportunity to wrestle with what God says and what God has has given people to write down, like Paul, and, and we can learn and grow. And this is how we grow, is wrestling with God's word, discerning what, what he's saying. That's why I love it so much. All right, let's read verse 11 again, and then let's just keep going into verse 12, okay? In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order, verse 12, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Again, I take it that this is the Gentiles because the Gentiles were actually the first Uh, to hope in Christ. I mean, yes, there was, there was the 12 and there were a few Jews that did believe. So, I mean, again, I could be all wrong. You could be all wrong. John MacArthur could be wrong. We, we just have to wrestle with it and study it and see what we can make sense out of this. Okay. And again, I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm just trying to do the best that I can with what I have in front of me, okay? Verse 13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. Again, do you see, do you see why I think that he's talking to the Gentiles? And you also were included in the truth, or you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. This is why I think he's talking to, he was first talking to the Jews and now is talking to the Gentiles. Let me go, uh, verse 13 in the ESV. All right. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promise, with the promised Holy spirit. So how can he be talking to, you know, the same person? Is he just repeating? the same thing over and over again because that's what it seems like it seems like if he's talking to one specific group of people then he's just repeating himself over and over and over again but if he's talking with the jews and then switching to the gentiles that makes sense to me that makes sense why he would be repeating or 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 saying also or you know things like that that, that's make, that makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me that he would repeat himself over and over again to the same group of people. Um, it That just doesn't make sense. Verse 13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So this is difficult to understand, but I think if you look at it, where he's talking to the Jews, the first, the predestined people, we know this by by where God, back in the Old Testament, where God talks, speaks to Abraham, your descendants will be as many as the sands of the sea. They were chosen. The Jews, the Israelites were chosen before the foundation of the world. All right. And then now we are included. And the reason I think this is because in Romans, Paul also talks about this. He talks that Gentiles can now be included with the Jews for salvation. And so that's why I, I'm thinking this, is that there's, there's a good correlation between the passages in Romans and this, okay, that we are included with the Jews, that we can now be a part of God's glorious grace. All right, verse, uh, let's see, verse 15. For this reason, so now he's he's expounding a little bit on what he just said, all right? So we're predestined, we're chosen by God. We are included in God's grace. We can go, we can be saved, all right? For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, again, because he is ecstatic that they believe, that these Gentiles believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So he is praising God and giving thanks because these people. Now, I, again, I don't know for sure because it does not say. It could be all Jews, it could be all Gentiles. We don't know for sure. It doesn't say. I'm just surmising that he is talking first to the Jews and now to Gentiles, and he is ecstatic that these Gentiles have come to faith in Jesus Christ. All right. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So he's praying that God would, that the Holy Spirit would give them wisdom and knowledge and understanding in revelation of, through revelation, you know, the Holy Spirit's revelation. That's how they had to really understand a lot of things back then, because they didn't have a lot of the written word. So they needed God's revelation. All right. So that you may know him better. Verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. They can have hope. This is again why I think he's talking to Gentiles, because Gentiles really didn't have hope until Jesus Christ. The Jews had hope because they believed that the Son of God would eventually come to deliver them, but they believed that the Son of God would come to deliver them politically and societally, but not for necessarily for salvation as we know it today. And so he is ecstatic that these, these people believed. All right? I pray that you also may have have the eyes of your heart opened or maybe enlightened rather in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints verse 19 and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength. So he's encouraging them to, I, I hope that he's saying that I hope you understand the power that you have received because you believe in Jesus Christ. Verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm, or in the heavenly realms, which he exerted in Christ. So he sh- God showed this power through raising Christ from the dead. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Jesus is above all rule. He's above every authority because again, the Roman, the Roman government was heavy-handed all right it was heavy-handed and the jews especially understood that the roman the roman government was extremely heavy-handed they constantly had the people under their thumb and paul is saying here jesus is far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. The one to come is heaven. All right. Verse 22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. God appointed Jesus Christ to be the head of the church. He is over the church. He is presiding over the church and and hopefully as we go on i think in ephesians it talks about marriage i don't i haven't read through ephesians in a while uh and because i'm preparing all the time for these episodes i only read one chapter a week uh, but i reread that chapter all six days of the week so that i i get the best context for that scripture that I can. All right. And so I'm, I'm studying, I'm trying to, I'm wrestling with it. I'm researching, I'm doing all those things. So I haven't looked ahead, but this, this head over the church is a great picture of marriage. Okay. Uh, verse 22 again, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The church is his body, and Christ fills the church. All right? And he fills everything in every way. And that that sums up Ephesians chapter 1. God is over everything. So whether we are predestined, whether we have a choice in salvation or not, whether we chose to be saved or whether God chose us to be saved, whether he was talking in in the first part of Ephesians 1 to the Jews and then switched to the Gentiles, whether all of this stuff, God is over all of it. And he is in all of it. So we, we have room to be wrong because he is over it. All right. He's over it. Now I'm not saying I'm over it. You know, like, like we do today, I'm just so over this. No, he is in it and he's over it. And so I think he had Paul write this down because we would wrestle with it because we would fight about it because We want to be with God. We want to know for sure that we are saved. This is why I think God had Paul write this stuff down like this in Ephesians 1, so that we would argue about it amongst ourselves as believers, so that we come to understand that we can fight. We can fight about the word of God. Are we predestined? I don't know. Are we, is it only by salvation only? Or did he choose us and we don't even have to ask him to forgive us our sins? No, I don't believe that. But God is in it. And we have to accept the fact that we can struggle with one another, but we can also learn to be kind to one another, to be brotherly to one another, to understand that no matter what we believe, whether we believe that we were predestined or whether it's by salvation, our choice alone, that we can be saved. Because really, we don't choose. God chooses us, right? That's what the Bible says. And so that's why it's so hard for the human brain to comprehend this. But we can take solace in the fact that God is in it all and he's over everything. And so that's, that's the amazing part about this first chapter in Ephesians, that we can argue about it. We, we can fight about it if we want to. Or we can say, I think we should believe both because that's what I believe. I think we should believe both. Yes, God chose people from the foundation of the world. We also have to choose, we also have to come to salvation. We have to choose to follow Christ. That's that's what I believe. I believe we can choose both or believe both. Because that's what the Bible says that there's both ways. And so I know for Ephesians 1 is, is a difficult one. It really is. And I hope that you're, you're you stuck with me through this, through this study, this Bible study, because that's what it is. That's what we're doing here. We're studying God's word. And so that's why I tell you guys, if, if I say something wrong, I want to know. And I do. I really want to know. So if you want to message me, message me on Facebook, Aaron Sutter. You can find me on Facebook by Aaron Sutter, okay? A-A-R-O-N. S U T T E R message me there. I would love to talk to you about this. Now I'm not going to sit there and fight 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 about it. But if you have an opinion on it, let me know. People have done this and it's great. It's awesome. I want to learn. I want to learn. If 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 I'm wrong, I want to learn. It, you know, and I, I would like to to help you learn or, or guide you to see at least my point of view. And so that's, that's why I tell you guys to message me. Email me, Service at gmail.com. Email me. I would love to talk about this. I would love to have people on this podcast to talk about this stuff. So maybe we could communicate over Skype or whatever and do a podcast together and study this stuff together. That would be awesome. I would love that. So, that's that's kind of where we're at at the end of Ephesians 1. Guys, it's a difficult one to understand this predestination and and uh salvation. It's 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 a really difficult one to understand, but I think it can also be simple. So, that's that's where we're at right now, guys. Thank you so for, so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you jo- enjoyed this episode, make sure you go to Apple I- or Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review on the show, uh, five stars if you could, and uh, give just a little, well worded, you know, couple sentences of what you thought of the show. That helps us get out to more people. All right. If you listen on Spotify, you can at least give a five star rating there if you enjoyed this content. That's all I ask you to do. I don't ask you to give money. I don't ask you to do anything other than give a rating or a review. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this, and I will see you next week for another Faith Friday episode where we dive into Ephesians chapter 2.